Warning. The following podcast contains mentions of drugs, drug use, sexual assault, death, and other topics that could be potentially triggering. Please listen at your own discretion. Parece ser un atardecer Si este es el final, no lo quiero ver No sigas ¿Qué onda, friends? That was an excerpt from No Sigas, Don't Speak, by the all-female mariachi ensemble rooted in New York City, Flor de Toluache. This group is definitely one of the best embodiments of Mexican culture fusing with today's popular music. What's even more mystical than how they cast spells over their audiences with their serenatas, guapangos, and rancheras is the origin of their name. La Flor de Toluache is a flower found in Mexico known to be used in love potions a symbol of our culture that survived the conquest well into today. While it's infamous for its use among curanderes, it's also been used as a hallucinogen, like many other famous Mexican flora and fauna like salvia divinorum and peyote. Toluache seeds are familiar among not just Mexican indigenous tribes, but across the world, better known by its scientific name, the Dotara genus. So, in this podcast, we're going to explore the history of Toluache, its use as a hallucinogen, and its potency as a medicinal agent. I'm your host, Nicole Bonillas-Felix, and welcome to Drugs and Culture. Alrighty, so, Toluache is a white, trumpet-shaped flower with an unpleasant odor said to have originated in Mexico, according to Vallarta Daily News. While the petals of the flower are of importance, which we will discuss later, um, the seed pod is the core of Toluache's potency as a drug. The seed pod, also known as the fruit of the flower, is um, spherical, thorny, and green, and about the size of your palm. If you have small hands like me, then it's big enough to hold in your entire hand. They grow primarily in warm and temperate climates, seeing that the greatest diversity of the species is found in Mexico and Central America. According to the Master Gardener website's InfoCard on Dotra, Toluache usually grows along the side of the road or in rougher, rocky areas, as long as there's plenty of sunshine. In places like Romania, people have said that it grows just about everywhere, from abandoned parking lots to people's backyards. Even in the gravel, having gained a reputation as a stubborn plant by guards at Bucharest's Cultural Institute, according to Rosvan Kalinescu via Vice. It's from Toluache's appearance that the resilient plant got its name, or, as we say in Mexico, como la bautizaron. Mesoamerican indigenous tribes like the Mexica in Central and Southern Mexico had three different names for the three main species of Dotra. Toluatzin, referring to Dotra anoxia, Mishitu, and Tlapatl. Toluatzin comes from the Nahuatl term Toloa, meaning to bend down one's head, and Tzin, that's T-Z-I-N, which is the honorific particle. According to an article by Tom Froes, the term Toloa probably refers to the nodding fruit since the trumpet-like head of the flower bends down, while the tzin refers to how it was venerated by Mesoamerican indigenous tribes. The word toloatzin as a whole is usually translated to head bowed in respect, referencing the nodding that would follow the consumption of the seeds, indicating that the plant's psychoactive effects were setting in. The people in classic time Mesoamerica often reported that the state of intoxication was often represented by a person's inclined head, similar to the effects of using heroin. You get the idea, right? While Toluache has become the umbrella term for the Dotra plants in Latin America, they have gathered a plethora of names like Belladonna, Flor de Muerto, so meaning the death flower, 
Ginsenweed, Foreign Apple, The Devil's Trumpet, and ironically, The Angel's Trumpet, and even more names in other languages. For example, Toluache is known as Yangjunbua in Chinese, Tatula in Turkish, and Stinklar, which translates to stink leaf in Afrikaans. So forgive my pronunciation. Even the name of the genus, Datura, comes from the Sanskrit word Dutra, meaning divine inebriation, and probably related to how people in India worship the plant. And while this etymology talk is real interesting, learning about its chemical properties is much more fun. So, what exactly makes consumers of Toluache Brujeria potions fall in love? Science rules. The answer is simple. Datura's alkaloids and interactions between the chemicals. For the non-sciencey folks, alkaloids are a class of organic compounds with at least one nitrogen atom that comes from plants and have caused physiological effects in humans, meaning that they directly impact the way your body functions. Dotter plants have been found to have three main alkaloids, atropine, hyoscyamine, and scopolamine. Atropine is the racemic form of S-hyoscyamine and binds competitively to muscarinic receptors to block parasympathetic cholinergic neurons. This alkaloid specifically acts on both peripheral and central muscarinic receptors to affect the cardiovascular system, causing bradycardia or a slower heart rate. Atropine increases the acetylcholine release in the peripheral nervous system, acting as a cholinesterase inhibitor, which is why it's used as an antidote to treat organophosphate poisoning, to dilate the pupils, to decrease salivation, and to reduce gastrointestinal activity. As for hyoscyamine and scopolamine, these two are anti-muscarinic compounds um, and act on both the central nervous system and peripheral nervous system, similarly to atropine. While both act to block acetylcholine, hyoscyamine decreases the movement of the GI tract and reduces the amount of acid and fluids secreted from the stomach, GI tract, and the body's airways, while scopolamine prevents communication between the nerves of the vestibular system and the body's vomiting center. Scopolamine has been found useful as a central nervous system depressant in small doses and can be used to treat motion sickness, while hyoscyamine is used to treat GI cramps and fluid secretion. Apart from this, other therapeutic implications for these alkaloids include use in antiemetics, meaning that they prevent vomiting, antidysmenorrhea, preventing period cramps, wow, and gastric antispasmodic medications that regulate the movement of the GI system. However, Scopolamine has been dubbed as the world's most dangerous drug by vice, from its use as a date rape drug in South America. Known as devil's breath to the people in Colombia, scopolamine is a tasteless and odorless powder that blocks neurotransmitters that carry information to the prefrontal cortex, leaving people to lose their free will and put them in a zombified state. People inevitably forget what they've done under the influence of scopolamine, the way someone who has blacked out on alcohol would. Now you're probably thinking, why am I making such a big deal out of this, right? Since this basically leaves the user without a will, it's no wonder that in combination with atropine and hyoscyamine, the phenomenon known as entoloachamiento, automation without will, would come to be. When did our ancestors discover this? Let's discuss. Mexico is one of the world's most beautiful cultural hubs, abundant with delicious food, vibrant music, and colorful environments. I'm biased though, it's my home country. <laughs> As the birthplace of Toluache, historians, anthropologists, and scientists alike have discovered so much about the plant from Mexican sources. What we've come to learn is that Toluache has served many purposes in various indigenous tribes, 
dating all the way back to pre-Columbian times. Let's start by looking at what was seen in Europe before Cortes crossed the Atlantic to disturb the peace in Mesoamerica. With the colonizers, the Spanish. Dotura was commonly found in books and traditions about Spanish magic, particularly in the Middle Ages when they were used in rituals or in witch ointments. These ointments would cause really strong hallucinations where people would see the witches flying on brooms, apparently, but caused agitation, a deep sleep, and symptoms similar to those of hangovers the day after. Not cute. This led to the condemnation of women who practiced Spanish brujería and created a goal for the Spanish Inquisition to discover the composition of these witch ointments. Before contact with the Spanish, according to Brian Strauss in his article about the Mesoamerican Cosmic Portal, the Zapotec that dominated the valley of Oaxaca primarily used the Luache for cosmological and spiritual reasons, usually shamans or witch doctors, who worked as the intermediaries between our natural world and the supernatural realms would take entheogens, which are drugs used to promote mysticism and communication with divine powers, in order to proceed on their shamanic journeys. Throughout various codices, scholars have identified the iconography of mounds that presented Zapotec rulers and shamans holding the Dachro flower in one hand, while sitting in front of serpent-fanged cenotes, or portals, that opened up into the other world, or the supernatural realm. Based off of these artifacts, we can assume that shamans needed to consume toluache seeds in order to reach the state of mind to cross over into the other world. Historians have learned that Dachra-induced hallucinations produced visions of serpents, not only in the Zapotec people, but in the Yucatec Maya as well. This could be alluding to a 17th century account of a Celtal shamanic initiation involving Toloache, where snakes passed through the individual's body and then were swallowed or eaten by a giant snake. Crazy, right? Afterwards, the shamans would be excreted from the serpent, a symbol of birth and rebirth of an individual. This has also led many tribes like the Misha and the Mishtek to consider the plant as a mother, since it allowed for the spiritual birth of shamans. It's inferred that this ritual could also double as a human sacrifice event, since these portals were most likely created by blood sacrifice, prayer, hallucinogens, dancing, and drumming. According to an article by Dr. Francisco Javier Carrodaltar, Tolocha was often used to diagnose disease, to experience novice visions during puberty rites and ceremonies, and even as a hunting aid, maybe even in human sacrifices we talked about before. Researchers in the state of Hidalgo have actually found images and representations of reclining figures with toluache plants growing from their bellies, probably signifying consumption. You know, kind of like the myth that if you ate watermelon seeds, you would grow watermelon in your stomach. Nice to know that this myth is much older. In Teotihuacan, murals have been seen depicting the flor de toluache possibly being used in combination with pulque, a Mexican alcoholic drink made from agave, indicating its use to enhance drunkenness or its use as a potion. Other colonial documents say that shamans in Miahuatlán, Oaxaca, would mix toluache with piecietl, or tobacco, and another plant called nangtzi, burn it, and inhale and exhale the smoke to ease headaches and hay fever. The Cruz Badiano Codex has flowers similar to those of the toluache, seen in the Teotihuacan murals with the same hanging orientation and a cross-section of the seed pod that looks like um, the thorn apple, a.k.a. the seed pod from Toluache. Imagery of the downward orientation of the flower also alludes to human sacrifice through the placement of the seed pod upside down over two blood-dripping obsidian knights, 
which would resemble the decapitation of one's head. Speaking of codices, one of the better-known Mexica codices, the Florentine Codex, also provides us with information about Mesoamerican uses of toloache. According to its author, Friar Bernardino de Sagún, toloache was used to treat gout, body swelling, infected wounds, and intermittent cold fevers. It also made people get drunk and go perpetually crazy, leading to its use in brujería, as I've briefly mentioned before. And while we've discussed mi patria for a hot minute, it's super important to note that while Mexico may be the origin of the Luache, it definitely made its way to Eurasia prior to pre-Columbian contact. Its main destination? Where the species Datura Metel got its name from, India. Given that we know that the genus named Datura is of Indian origin, it's no surprise that the infamous Mexican plant found roots in Southeast Asia too. Sources say that Datura was a sacred plant to the god Shiva, one of the supreme Hindu deities known as the Destroyer. People in India and Nepal during offering services or ceremonies often offered up Tolwachi to please Shiva. So according to the Hindu religious text, Vaman Puran, the flower comes from the chest of Shiva. It said that Datura is offered to him to get rid of the poison of envy, terror, rivalry, foul language, and wicked nature so that one can become pure of all sin, according to FPJ Bureau on the Free Press Journal. Another really interesting fact um, that links Hindu beliefs to Mexican beliefs is that in northern India, um, Datura Mattel can be used for inebriation, though drinking it is considered way more dangerous than smoking it. Interestingly enough, the Datura plant is mentioned in ancient texts like Vatsyayana's Kama Sutra under the chapter on compelling love and enslaving others, where it says, There are means of attracting others and raising one's prowess to inviolable heights. If a man anoints his lingam with a mixture of the powders the turka, which is white thorn apple, tolwache, long pepper, black pepper, and honey, and engages in sexual union with a woman, he makes her subject to his will. Since mentions of our beloved plant were found in a book written in the 4th century BCE, we can assume that at some point, Tolwache made its way to Southeast Asia in the later half of the 1st millennium BCE, and then traveled across Eurasia. According to multiple authors, the hypnotic and hallucinogenic property of Datra is often used by some Hindu devotees during the festivals of Holi and Shivratri, indicating Tolwache's sacredness within Hinduism. It has also been identified to be used for hypnosis and healing of multiple illnesses in Indian folk medicine. We'll touch more on the smoking of Tolwache later, but first, let's talk about the history of Tolwache within a few indigenous communities. Aside from healing, a strong theme lingers which shows Tolwache used in indigenous tribes through a common thread. Dreams and meditations of the future. Many of y'all probably know California as the Golden State, capitalism's greatest product, hella expensive rent, the origin of fame and fortune where dreams come true, the location of Miley Cyrus's party in the USA, or by the Eagles classic, Hotel California. However, Many people forget that California is rich in history and is home to many indigenous tribes stemming from the border with Baja California to even past the Bay Area. It's also a big hotspot for Tolwache, so let's get into it. 
One of the main indigenous tribes who have been identified as having used the Toluache is the Kumeyaay tribe, formerly known as the Dueños in Southern California. Kumeyaay shamans, and excuse my pronunciation, Simukwisiyaay, which translates to uh, dream doctors, literally, primarily use Toluache for dream analysis and dream interpretations. Dreams are an incredibly important part of Kumeyaay culture in all aspects of life, especially in adolescence and in health as well as for prophecy and gaining knowledge. Toloache was even used for curing neuroses or other mental health problems, proving its medicinal use. The shamans would take Toloache at the moment of their induction into the spiritual business, and their ability to interpret and analyze dreams derives from the narcosis after taking the required amount of flour. During the dream condition, which is about 48 hours induced by Toloache, Kumeyaay doctor initiates go through five main dreams to obtain animal guardian spirits, songs, cures, knowledge, a sexual name, and magical paraphernalia, and then experiences another dream that's interpreted to mean he now has all knowledge. The selection of shamans is also based on how well the candidates are able to handle Toluache. After taking it, the teachers of the dream doctor candidates would quiz them on the knowledge they learned and question the futures of their people as well as what treatments they would use all went under the influence of Toluache. One dream shaman even describes his experience with Toluache, saying that Toluache puts you into a kind of dream state of mind that stays with you for the rest of your life, and you never forget what you learned. It helps you to keep on learning, too, and gives you power in everything. Without it, you aren't a real doctor. Obviously, our beloved Belladonna is essential to the Kumeyaay dream doctors' discipline. Another really interesting use for Toluache by this tribe is when encouraging male twins to take Toluache since they possess natural powers that can be reinforced by the drug. However, since they believe that twins have identical dreams at the same time, only the youngest twin is required to take Toluache. If y'all haven't noticed, only men are allowed to undergo the dream doctor initiation and or take Toluache. Women were not destined to undergo the Toluache experience, not only because of menstruation, but also because their dreams were more foolish and not worth interpreting for prophetic use by doctors unless the woman was abnormal. While it sucks that women don't get to play a huge part in the consumption of Toluache here, it's still super interesting to know that Toluache has such an important role in dreams and in their health. Similarly, the Chumash tribe has also used Toluache for many reasons. The Chumash call Toluache Momoi, named after Molmolokiku, the creator of the plant who plays an important role in Chumash legends. Momoi was used by shamans primarily for dream rituals. The leaves of Toluache were sucked to see the future and to protect the soul from evil. It was common for Chumash people to suck a Momoi leaf while gambling in order to see future winning or losing games. When a Chumash person saw something scary or potentially evil, the person would quickly suck a momoi leaf in order to protect their soul and prevent their death. Momoi was also used for kids coming of age to enter their sacred dreams, which would eventually reveal their futures to them. This ritual was only done uh, by boys during a puberty rite to contact their dream helpers and then use them for guidance towards their future. Toluacha was also drunk to meet the spiritual aid, and in order to connect one better to the supernatural world. Oftentimes, it wasn't a dream helper that they would come into contact with. The spirits of the dead were also fair game when taking Momoi. Sometimes, Momoi was consumed for personal revelations rather than to meet someone in the supernatural world as a way to navigate through their lives. 
Through the Chumash as well, we have seen how Toloche is highlighted in spiritual ceremonies as well as recreationally. So how did Toloche get so out of hand that it could probably have its own Rosa de Guadalupe episode? Let's discuss recreational usage of Toloche next. As I've mentioned before, Friar Bernardino de Sagún had identified Toloche as a plant that gets you drunk. Friar Vettencourt, I believe is his name, also stated as few as 10 seeds can lead to profound perceptual changes, according to the same article by Tom Fruisa I've mentioned before. Recreationally, Toloche was often put in wine and again even in pulque to increase the drunk feeling, leading to enhanced and even severe intoxication. More interestingly, however, is Toloche's record with El Amor. Amor. Rumor has it that the smallest amount of Toloche dropped into someone's drink could make someone completely lose control over themselves, which can lead them to fall in love with the person who did it without any resistance. Some people in the Mercaditos in Mexico sell the plant um, complete with prayers, instructions, and recommendations for use to ensure that the plant can do its job. While falling down the Toloache rabbit hole on YouTube, I came across the channel El Philippe, where Felipe Cruz um, visited the famous Mercado de Sonora in Mexico City. When talking to a local vendor, um, she had said that three drops in the food or in the drink are enough to work, and they don't really taste like anything, te amensa, or it dumbs you down. She also mentioned that it should only be very little because it causes permanent damage, but when done right, the Toloche will even make the most unfaithful cheaters fall deeply in love with you within two weeks. With this information, it's no surprise that Toloche poisoning has become common in Mexico as a result of wanting a romantic cure-all. Um, as I've mentioned before, from the use of Toloche comes the phrase in Toloachamiento, which means automation without will or even crazy under the influence of the drug. This has also been seen in Spain. Estramonio, their term for Toloche that comes from the species um, Dautera stramonium, has been very commonly used, not necessarily for love, but for hallucinations. In Spain, Toloche has been linked to crime, especially sexual abuses, and acts of leisure, especially among young people according to ABC Biodiversidad in 2019. Now, flying across Europe to Romania, there's been a case of Dautrostromonium poisoning recorded in the Romanian Journal of Anesthesia and Intensive Care back in 2017. According to the authors, the patient had been consuming Toluache recreationally with a group of friends, where suddenly um, the patient experienced fever, tachycardia, so increased heart rate, a right-brained um, bundle block, and urinary retention among other symptoms. How did this happen? Apparently, teenagers in Romania eat the roots, seeds, or the Toloche plant in its entirety to achieve a state of euphoria through hallucination. Forget acid and shrooms. Youth around the world have rediscovered the effects of Toloche, an enormous danger for recreational use. While recreational uses are fun and cute, it's still important um, to be aware of the negative effects that accompany Toloche. According to multiple authors, aside from terrifying hallucinations, typical findings in Dacher poisoning are dryness of mouth, Thirst, flushing, fever, amnesia, urinary retention, decreased salivation, papillary dilation, tachycardia, palpitations, ataxia, delirium leading to coma, cardiac and respiratory arrest, and death. 
As we've heard before, <laughs> the Lacha has been found to be a date rape drug to induce delirium before committing a crime. According to an article by Kanchen and Atreya, an extract of the delirium-inducing plant is sometimes mixed with comestibles, um, so edibles, notably in the form of cookies, and offered to unsuspecting individuals to facilitate robbery or commit sexual assaults, thus giving it the name roadside poison. Definitely not the kind of edible you want to be taking if offered. Although the effects of the lacha poisoning under any circumstances are scary and can make our angel's trumpet seem like it can't be anything but dangerous, many researchers have begun to explore its potential as a medicinal plant within Western medicine. We've already heard about how indigenous tribes have used the lacha for medical ailments, but what about its use in modern medicine? Like, in traditional Chinese medicine, it's been useful in the treatment of asthma, convulsions, pain, and rheumatism. But what about the combinations of atropine, hyoscyamine, and scopolamine make it a functioning ingredient in Western drugs? In terms of pharmacological activity, multiple parts of the Tolwache plant have proven to be useful, and various studies continue to be conducted across the world. For pain management, the leaves of Dotra stramonian have been used for the relief of headaches, while the vapors of the leaf infused with other plants have been shown to relieve rheumatism and gout pain, as well as treat asthma and bronchitis. Other studies have also dictated the lacha to be an anti-inflammatory agent. The leaves also act as antimicrobial agents when used for wound healing, where antimicrobial assays showed increased epithelialization, meaning that the skin healed at a faster rate. Leaf extracts work really well against gram-positive bacteria like Staphylococcus aureus indicating that it very well could be used to fight staph infections and other bacterial diseases soon. While on the same topic of wound healing, a burn wound study done on albino rats showed that applying Datura alba produced significant healing thanks to its heightened blood vessel and tissue repairing abilities. This led to an increase in collagen synthesis and regulation um, to close the wounds at a much faster rate with the Luache ointment than without. So obviously, the Luache is good for something other than vivid hallucinations. We also know that the Luache has been utilized by multiple countries as an anti-asthmatic agent. While it's been proven very effective thanks to its alkaloids, the Luache may cause a negative effect on pregnant women who are asthmatic as it could cause damage to the fetus. Finally, a study done on African catfish showed that Dadra anoxia um, has potential as an anesthetic since experimentation yielded positive results with minimal toxicity. Cancer research continues to be a growing field, and with less restrictions being put on certain drugs or plants for testing, we're starting to see the implementation of the Luache in research labs all across the world. We've briefly discussed the importance of the Luache leaves in medical research, but one study showed incredible results. With this paper by Elham Chamani and other authors having been published only this year, the researchers showed that on human chronic myeloid leukemia cells and human B lymphoblastoid cells as the control, the addition of Dotra anoxia stopped cancer cell growth. While it may have had slight toxic effects on the non-cancerous cell line, the study suggests that the Luacha interactions with both DNA and histones in a solution could prove to be a strong anti-cancer drug. In another case, the methanol extract of the petals of the same species of the Luacha, Dotra anoxia, was evaluated in breast cancer cells. Um, this proved to stop cancer cells from growing after 48 hours, with the toxic effects becoming slightly severe after 72 hours. And a similar study showed that in nasopharyngeal carcinomas, the Luache also had the same anti-cancer effect. While there's still a lot we don't know about how far the Luache can go to cure cancer, 
we can see that this mysterious flower definitely has a lot of potential. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as we're nearing the end of our time together, it's time to address the most important question we've all been asking ourselves for the past almost 30 minutes. Should we use this drug? Is it a good idea to go out and uproot a tolacha flower if you live in an area where they grow or go buy seeds and DIY your own tolacha trip? It's really up to you. It's an illicit drug, so it's up to your own discretion whether you are to use it or not. I am neither endorsing nor forbidding the use of this outside of a spiritual or religious context, so y'all follow y'all's own moral compass and don't blame me for the events that ensue. However, if it turns into a whole Netflix original series type event, let me know. <laughs> the cheese would be great. I obviously can't dictate the uses of Tolache by indigenous tribes or curanderes, but if you're having to resort to Tolache to get your crush to like you, move on, mi amor. No te quieren. Maybe download Tinder or something, whatever floats your boat. As we've listened to, um, Tolache is a potent plant capable of inducing hallucinations and even death in more serious cases. Through its three main alkaloids, scientists have seen and continue to search for Tolache's place in the medical sphere, especially in the field of cancer research. Tolache has been an important player in dreams and indigenous rights across many tribes in Mexico and SoCal, as well as across the world for healing. In the next coming years, who knows where we'll see La Flor de Muerto being used. If you're up for it, or if dating apps and meeting people really isn't cutting it for you, take a trip down to Mexico and alleviate your unrequited love with this mystical and mysterious plant. In the meantime, I'll continue to get my taste of the flowers through Flor de Tolache's music in hopes of one day singing with them. Ah. <laughs> Muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much for listening, friends. And catch you next time on Drugs and Culture. Dame un poco de soya.